Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis. First, starting at chapter 18 and reading from verses 1 to 15. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the earth, and said, My Lord, if I have found favour in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, while I fetch a morsel of bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready, quickly, three measures of fine meal. Knead it, and make cates. And Abraham ran to the herd, and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk, and the calf which he had prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, while they ate. They said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, She's in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you in the spring, and Sarah your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old, and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you in the spring, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, No, but you did laugh. Continuing our reading from the book of Genesis, we turn to chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. The birth of Isaac. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. 
Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would succor children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Our New Testament reading is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, beginning at chapter 9, verse 35, and continuing to chapter 10, verse 15. The need for workers. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, to send out labourers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal every disease and every infirmity. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, charging them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and preach as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Take no gold, nor silver, nor copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff, for the labourer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay with him until you depart. As you enter the house, salute it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet 
as you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it shall be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Here ends our reading. By the Oaks of Mamre. That sounds like a beautiful place to live, doesn't it? Just the sort of place a distinguished old nomad with many flocks and herds might settle down for a while. And so we drop right into the middle of a 4,000 year old story as we see an old man sitting in the shade by the entrance of his tent avoiding the heat of the midday sun. Much as I'm doing here, except there isn't actually that much sun, it's mostly midges I'm avoiding. Abraham suddenly becomes aware of three men standing nearby. There's no mention of them approaching. They're just there. Something above and beyond the normal rules of nomadic hospitality compels him to run to greet them, to run to prepare food. Nomads are hospitable people, now just as they were then, and it was the norm to offer a little and provide more. But this old man, at an undignified trot, arranges for enough bread for at least ten hungry men to be freshly baked, a tender, fattened calf to be killed and prepared, and brings fresh milk and curds. Crowdy, we call it here in Scotland. Mm, my mouth is watering just at the sound of it. And he does something else too. He brings water for them to wash their dusty, dirty feet. And as he stands by, as they recline in the shade of the tree and enjoy the pop-up feast, he becomes aware, at which point it's not clear, that these are not ordinary men. It is, in fact, the Lord God and two angels. Sarah doesn't join them. We don't know why. Maybe she was busy with the food. Maybe it was too hot outside. But the men ask after her. And then they say something so surprising, so laughable that it makes her, well, laugh. They tell Abraham and Sarah, because they know she's listening, that she's going to have a baby. But she had long ago stopped hoping for that since that point in time when her body had moved her firmly into the grandmother stage of life, except she'd never been a mother. The man who is God calls her out on it. Why are you laughing back in the tent there, Sarah? No miracle is too hard for God, for me. Oh no, has she offended him? Will he change his mind? No, 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 I didn't laugh, she says. Oh, yes, you did, he laughs back. 
The angels can't stay all day. They have a task to do. So they get up to move on and Abraham goes with them to set them on their way. Turns out their task is the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Fast forward 2,000 years and Jesus remembers that day when the nation was still just a promise to an old man. Before Abraham was, I am, he said, and they tried to stone him for the blasphemy. But it's true, he remembers. That day, Abraham brought water so that God could wash his feet. But today, Jesus, God in human form, has dusty, dirty feet again as he walks through the villages and towns of Israel. In a few months more, those very feet will be anointed by tears, pierced by nails, will then walk briefly again in the dust of Palestine and finally ascend into heaven. Meanwhile, that promise to Abraham has blossomed into four million descendants. In Palestine, all around the Mediterranean, as far away as India. Jesus has seen the state they are in, harassed and helpless, their leaders worse than useless. The words harassed and helpless don't really describe it, in the same way that worrying sheep doesn't really describe the damage dogs out of control can do to a flock. And Jesus has compassion on them. That's another English word that doesn't really describe it. He looks at them and his guts lurch, the same way as a shepherd's when he sees his flock attacked, scattered, injured. He needs more manpower. He's just one man. He can't be in every village at once. The exclamation bursts out of him. The harvest is ready. The people are ready for the kingdom of God. Pray for more workers to bring them into the kingdom. Enter the disciples. The 12 disciples have a lot to learn in a short time. Rabbis usually expected their disciples simply to learn their lessons by rote. Jesus expects his disciples to learn by doing what he does. They have heard Jesus proclaiming the kingdom of God. They have seen him healing every disease and disability. Now it's their turn. Jesus sends them out with his authority to do the same. In Mark, we read that Jesus sent them in pairs. Here in Matthew, I wonder whether perhaps we're hearing the pairs named. Each name is linked with another, two sets of brothers and four other pairs. These are important pairings because this is their first mission trip to their own people, so no language or culture barriers yet. The time for the Gentiles will come. 
all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God, said Isaiah. But it's not yet. While their Messiah, their Saviour, the Son of God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, is right here amongst them, the descendants of Abraham get to hear the good news first. Because this is the moment Isaiah was speaking of when he said, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news and who say, your God reigns. And in plain sight, they see the return of the Lord to Zion. And Jesus looks ahead to the responses his disciples will meet. He looks back to that day with Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre. And he sees resonances. Some people will welcome his disciples just like Abraham welcomed God. Their hearts will leap at the greeting, peace be on this house. They will share their food and their homes with the two disciples who've come to their village and eagerly wait upon the good news. They will fetch water to wash dusty feet and there will be laughter and joy. These people are not just descendants of Abraham. They are his spiritual children with hearts like his that believe God. Others will reject the good news. They will close their ears and their hearts and reject the Son of God, the promised Messiah. They are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah who were wicked because they knew no better. The disciples will leave their towns and sorrowfully shake the dust from their feet. The choice is theirs, and it is always a choice. God never forces his kingdom on anyone. The disciples don't know it, but the training Jesus is giving them is not just for this mission trip, but for later as well. For when he has gone to sit at the right hand of the Father, and the Spirit has come, and they are going to the whole world in his name and in his power. It's teaching that is for us today too, to continually seek out those whose hearts will leap at the good news, even if they don't quite understand it all or believe it all yet. And so we come to the biggest surprise of all, that the good news is for everyone, Gentile and Jew, slave and free, female and male. All are equal and equally welcome in the kingdom of God. Abraham's true children are those whose running feet reflect their welcoming hearts. Abraham's true children are not defined by his blood, but Christ's. For as Jesus says, many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom. 
And that's what Jesus is still looking for today. People whose hearts welcome the kingdom of God and whose feet are ready to go wherever he sends them, even if in these times of lockdown, it's just around the corner. People like you and me. People like Abraham and Sarah, who didn't always understand, who sometimes doubted, and other times messed up quite badly, but who trusted God to keep his promises, and who, a year later, welcomed baby feet into a tent under the oaks of Mamre. And everyone, including, I think, the angels, laughed. May God bless you as you welcome him into your heart today afresh. Amen. Father, direct our thoughts, teach us to pray, and lift our hearts to worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, as the world gradually seeks to ease itself out of lockdown from coronavirus, help us all to continue strong in our faith and our sense of community and togetherness and gladden our hearts as we look forward finally to worshipping together once again. Continue to strengthen and bless all ministers, clergy and helpers who have put so much time and effort into creative ways to keep their church communities involved so that we can pray and worship together. Here in Widcombe, bless Tim, Jenny, Judith, Mary, Sam and the rest of the team for all that they have done and are doing for the Widcombe churches and our neighbouring churches and communities in Bath. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, this pandemic has touched almost every country in the world. Grant all leaders wisdom, courage and integrity in dealing with it, praying especially for the leaders in our own countries, in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Imbue all those in charge with the spirit of cooperation and the courage to learn together, rather than the toxic determination to point fingers and score points. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those suffering the double or even triple blows of COVID, war and famine in many areas in the world. Let us pray today especially for those in Yemen and in the Rohingya Muslim refugee camps in Bangladesh. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Lord, in these weeks when we have witnessed the horrific death of George Floyd in Minneapolis and the birth of the Black Lives Matter movement which has spread around the world, help us to realise that we all have a part to play in this. Help us to notice and recognise any unhelpful attitudes and ideas that we may have. Give us the courage to speak out against racism when we see it and not stay silent. Help us find positive ways that we can engage with this campaign. And we pray that this time, working together and across the world, some of the injustices caused by black and brown lives not mattering enough will be ended. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
We thank you, merciful Father, for the courage, commitment, care and perseverance of all doctors, nurses, care assistants, ambulance and other emergency workers in hospitals and care homes all over the country. Always, but especially during this pandemic, which has been so hard for so many of them. Keep them safe and open their hearts to realise just how valued and appreciated they are. We also place in your care all key workers in shops, schools, factories, offices and out in the community who've been working to keep the country going and keeping us safe to live our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, stretch out your loving arms to all children who are suffering by not being able to go back to school and who are unable to learn online. In particular, we pray that you are there for all who are suffering any mental anguish or even abuse at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we seek your blessing on our family, friends and on the whole local community. Make us aware of people who may be suffering on their own. We pray for those suffering from COVID-19 right now and for all those still in recovery. Give them and their families your strength on the journey. Let us for a moment recall in silent prayer anyone known to us who is suffering or who has died as a result of the virus. And Lord, strengthen and comfort all those with other medical conditions, conditions who've had to put treatment on hold during the coronavirus outbreak. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us end on a more upbeat note. We praise and thank you, Father, for this wonderful world in which we live. Blue skies, sunshine, beautiful roses, these can all lift us when we are down. Lord, strengthen the hope and love in our hearts as we find comfort knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.